with insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish Patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Jewess Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross, today's premier Jewish woman activist. And this is a very special show because it is the first show post-November 8th, the official election day, even though elections are going on. I want to thank my audience for staying with us and uh, keeping up to date on all the election coverage that I gave you pre-election from primaries to through election day itself. I know we did a lot of talking about the elections and we're going to have some more with our guest. So I actually rewrote today's opening monologue, My Pearls of Wisdom, because I am Ziesel Pearl, Sweet Pearl in Yiddish, and you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy to understand that common sense wins, whether or not it's in politics or in your everyday routines. So join me in my opening Pearls of Wisdom. I want to tell you about something that happened to me last night. And I'm doing this off the cuff because, like I said, I changed the monologue. This week was a unique experience. I actually was at events almost every night this week. Pre-election night, election night, and post-election night. I will tell you that I had an experience last night that meant more to me than even going to a glamorous event meeting President Trump. And that was a woman, very much like me, a religious Jewish woman, came over to me at an event last night and said, are you Cindy Gross? And I said, yes. I follow you on Instagram. I read your articles and I download on Spotify in my car when I have a little free time each week. Your podcast. I don't have time to download the TV. Otherwise, I do that too. I said, wow. She says, I want to tell you something. You stand out in the crowd. You make Jews proud because you speak about facts. You also relate to an audience that wants to be a part of the Jewish community, whether or not it involves dressing the way we like to dress together whether or not we're learning from cultures, things we can incorporate into our lifestyles, such as Italian cooking in a Shabbos meal. And of course, you educate us. You bring on new authors. You talk about politics. You talk about building bridges where they need to be built, like fighting hate crimes and education. And I was really flattered and I really wanted to move on and she wouldn't let me. And she really knew what she was talking about. And she said, today we have a very big problem because I am a small business owner and I want to be a part of the social media community and sell my products. But I'm getting thrown into a circle of social media influences that really don't know a lot of the facts about what is going on today. And that's the line that really stuck out, not about me so much, but about how so many people 
are believing opinion as fact. How many people are believing that what somebody else is saying is actually the truth without actually proving it? It's one of the reasons we have so much frustration with our election results. It's another reason why we're having so much frustration with the cost of goods in our supermarkets. And it's a lot of reasons why family members aren't talking to each other. Friends aren't talking to each other. And that people do not have a good feeling about the future of America and the world. It's no different in Europe, Australia, Israel. People are frustrated and angry. And the biggest part is they only have to look in the mirror at themselves to say, am I a little bit to blame because I might be sharing misinformation or not believing the truth or ignoring the facts? So I want to thank this follower of mine. It's not easy. It doesn't come overnight and... I might not have the most influence uh, influence on social media with hundreds of thousands of followers. I might not be a reality star. I might not even be in the New York Post or on Fox News every day. But if I can make a difference for one person, as Hillel says, he who saves one saves the world. And if you help me encourage one other person to investigate fact, to educate themselves, and to have meaningful discussions at dinner tables, in carpools, when you're sitting around with your friends playing canasta or going out to dinner, then we will see progress. And I don't mean political party progress. I mean everyday lifestyle progress. I hope you enjoyed my opening pearls of wisdom. Tell me what you think. And tell me how I can help you reach more people and share fact. We have a huge show tonight. Stay tuned. And just remember, election cycles come every year. And we are already working on 2023. In the latest spy thriller from Pencraft first place award-winning novelist, Jeffrey S. Stevens, comes his best character yet. CIA operative Nick Reagan in The Handler. The Handler is the new heart-pounding, dizzying global conspiracy novel that follows the adventure of two CIA operatives from New York to Pakistan, Paris, Las Vegas, and ultimately, America's heartland as they race to prevent a series of terrorist attacks. Here's what's being said about The Handler. Think Jason Bourne for The New Millennium. Ryan Steck, editor-in-chief, The Real Book Spy. Pulsing with reality, The Handler takes you to the precipice with thrills and terror at every hairpin turn. Best-selling author Chris Beakey. A taut terrorism thriller that mesmerizes with a dizzying global conspiracy and believable stakes. BestThrillers.com Available now on Amazon.com and wherever you get your favorite books. Get your copy and put yourself right in the middle of the CIA's toughest mission yet. My award-winning novel, Jeffrey S. Stevens.
Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross. Joining us now are the director, producer, star of the uh, movie documentary, Capital Punishment. And given the fact that so much has been discussed the past two years from a uh, bogus test, uh, hearing and from the left about January 6th. We are so happy to have Chris Borgard and Nick Searcy with us to talk about the documentary and its importance, especially now as we go into a new congressional uh, House and Senate and talk now of 2024. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm going to start with Chris. Tell us a little bit about the movement and why you felt it was so important to be make this and to share it. Um, well, Nick and I were there that day. I had brought my family. Nick, Nick, uh, he's a very, very big star. So, you know, having him there that day just made things even cooler. Um, what we saw that day was nothing like what was on, on the news when we got back to uh, our house that night. Um, we had to go back to the house at six o'clock because of the curfew. And, um, you know, Nick and I have worked together over the years doing various projects, and um, we saw what happened there. And a few weeks later, we were screening one of our movies, God Shed His Grace on Me, and someone said, what would you do for a sequel? And we said um, January 6th because it was a coup, it was a color revolution, and they're stealing this day in history. If we don't document what we saw, it'll be stolen forever. So we made the film, and then when we started following it up and interviewing people that were there and being persecuted that day, people that had never been in the Capitol, it just blew our minds as to what was really going on in this nation. And it was third world stuff, like I had seen reporting in Central America. And um, it's it, we've been trying for a year to get the, the word out, and it's 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 pretty insane the resistance we've come up against. Well. One of the things that bothers me the most about January 6th is that nobody, except maybe Greg Kelly, talks about Ashley Babbitt. That was the only murder that took place. Nick, go ahead. Well, I'll tell you what else really bothers me. Now the, uh, the committee has asked for millions more dollars to be funded to continue this bogus investigation. And you know, there's also the media has refused to, to share that information with the very taxpayers that are paying for this. And uh, Nick, I'm sorry, Chris, you want to say something? Yeah, just, you know, exactly what you used the word bogus. Um, in our movie, there's an investigative reporter named Millie Weaver who spent months infiltrating these far left groups. In the movie, you're going to see on video from these Zoom calls, these far left groups planning this, planning the violence on the Capitol. But on these calls, it's not just the activists. They're doing it with members of our own government, including members of the intelligence services. They're on camera, on camera, planning these violent events. And yet you don't see any of them being subpoenaed before the J6 committees. That's insane. This is such a sham. If, in our opening scene in the movie, Nick does, Nick does a great job. We're actually in Congress in a hearing room, and we, we have a hearing with Nick being interrogated as a, as a, by, by the communists, as, and they're, they're accusing him of being a racist insurrectionist. And it's a great scene between him and Liz Cheney going back and forth the way we cut it. Um, it's, it's a great parody. 
who would have thought that months later, the real investigations would be an even bigger parody and her performance would be even more fictional. It's, you know, God has funny ways of, of you know, it's his plan. And he has funny ways of putting us in places to serve. We ended up making the film that exonerates President Trump 10 months before Mar-a-Lago was, 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 was uh, raided. I mean, who knew? All, and all we did was tell the truth. Nick, I have to ask you something because I know a lot of people in Hollywood. Uh, you are an, uh, an actor. You were in the Academy Award winning film, The Shape of Water. A lot of people tell us that they have a very hard time being an outspoken conservative patriot in Hollywood. Now you're part of a movie like this. How has all this impacted on your career? Well, I've been out. I mean, I made Gosnell that was released in 2018, which is a film about the uh, abortion doctor in Philadelphia that was convicted of murder. So, I mean, I've been who I am for a long time. I mean, and and people know it. And yeah, I'm sure that there have been some consequences that I've been, you know, from my, from my being open about my beliefs, I'm sure there have uh, been certain parts or certain projects that I was not considered for, but at the same time, I've been able to do things that I wouldn't have been able to do if I wasn't who I was. I mean, I did a lead role in Terror on the Prairie, the Daily Wire movie, that Hollywood would never have cast me in that role. They would never have given me that role. And it was a great role. And uh, I'm working now with people that like Chris and others that, that believe the same things that I do. And every once in a while, I, I, do a movie with people in Hollywood that know me, that, that, that respect me, even though I'm not a Democrat like they are. And, you know, that's fine. And I see how good it's going in Hollywood these days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of the things they send me to look at, I go, I don't want to be part of this anyway. I mean, it's awful, you know. So, and uh, even living there. I mean, just living in Los Angeles and California. Chris, <laughs> what about you? I'm sorry? Um, I, I'm living paid some price, but I've also gained a lot. You know, Nick's, Nick's really humble. Um, he's paid a price, but he's taken it on the chin. I mean, he's, if you, if you're on Twitter, um, he's, he and Jimmy have been, been leaders in, in getting the word out that there are good conservative people in Hollywood, but, you know, we stayed and we fought as long as we could. I feel very blessed. I've gotten to come back to Texas and, and live down there and make movies out of Texas. And, um, I kind of just really feel sorry for all my friends that are still stuck back in Hollywood. I mean, it's, it's insane that from, from the way the state has degraded to the discrimination in Hollywood. And, and yes, there is discrimination. My, my day job uh, when I was still working back in Hollywood is I had a barn and I trained horses. And sometimes I go to meetings in my Wranglers and hat. You want to see discrimination. Look at the way network executives and studio executives react when they think that you're one of those Bible clinging, God fearing, you know, cling to their guns, conservatives. Um, but everything's changing. You don't have to be in Hollywood to make films right now. You, it, it's expanding, it's growing. And uh, all I can say is God bless Texas. Well, I have personal uh, contacts in Texas. I can't agree more. Uh, and uh, let me ask you, uh, the climate January is going to change in Washington and around the country. 
What do you think is going to happen based on all the information you had? You were there January 6th. What do you think is going to happen? Are we going to actually find out answers or is this going to be another Durham report that goes on and on and nobody is held accountable for their actions? That That's my biggest fear that these, these Republican, I mean, that we don't get enough uh, freedom Republicans into the House and the Senate, um, and they just make the illusion of doing something. They don't really do it like the Benghazi uh, investigations. You know, they, they made great theater on TV, but the evidence was there and the evidence didn't get driven home. Um, when you see the Republicans, the Democrats putting out an army of attorneys uh, to to push their agenda after the election, and the Republican National Committee doesn't send out a single attorney uh, to fight the corruption and the steal, that's very concerning. Um, if there is a real investigation, you're going to see some serious people go down in some very big ways. And the, the power, the resources, the planning behind January 6th, as you see in the movie, we have two retired generals and three-letter guys professor from the Naval War College, and they explain how this is political warfare. This was years in the making. This is not unlike what happened in Venezuela, what we did in um, in uh, in Egypt when they put the uh, Muslim Brotherhood in power and what happened in Ukraine. The only difference is this time it happened in the United States. And you'll see in the movie, I was on the ground in Honduras when they tried to cover revolution down there. This is nothing new, except now it's happened here in the United States of America. So if we have leaders um, after this next election that have the cojones and love this country to seek the truth, we're going to see a giant upheaval. If we just have the same old uh, pretend conservatives, pretend Americans, then, then I'm afraid it might be just another sham show. If you, and I'd like you both to answer this, let's say they, they want to use your movie as evidence. Would you like to testify? And Nick, you could go first because Chris had the last word. Sure. I'd love, I've, been, I've been screaming for like a year. It's like, why, why is everybody else being investigated and nobody's asking me any questions? I wouldn't mind. I, 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 I would welcome it. And the thing that you have to understand about the left is no matter what happens with these elections, no matter what happens with any committee, the left is never going to admit it. No matter if you no. prove it straight out, they will deny it. They learned this from Bill Clinton. You just deny it, deny it, deny it. You never admit that you did anything wrong. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to continue to lie. And, and, and the, you know, people like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and some Republicans on, on, uh, supposedly on our side of the aisle are going to facilitate that. So it's, it's going to have to be a tsunami that sweeps these people out of Washington. And even if we get the tsunami, it remains to be seen whether these people have the balls to do anything about it. You know, what's, what's really concerning is, you know, Nick and I were just there that day. We just documented what we saw. We made a movie about it. And as a result, I'm now the subject in a federal terrorism investigation, uh, been being investigated by the FBI because someone called in a threat and said I was a terrorist because I made this movie. You know what it's like to have the FBI come a quarter mile into your ranch and what the stress that puts on your family and having to put a legal team together. It's, it, it's having that happen in the United States of America. It's, it's truly frightening. And, you know, if they're, they're going to come investigate me today, they're going to come after everybody else tomorrow and the day after that. You know, it's kind of like what, what Pastor Niemöller said during World War II. You know, first they came for the Jews and I wasn't Jewish. And they came for me and didn't say anything. No one's left for there for me. 
I, I couldn't have said it better as someone who is involved in a lawsuit against the Department of Education and knowing what's been done to me for over a decade, I actually uh, cannot agree with you more. People think that the education situation started in COVID. It's been going on already over two decades with a lot of help from a lot of payoffs and with progressive Democratic leaders who get endorsed, who get funding through the teachers unions. And, you know, you talk about teachers unions. It's also the supervisors unions and everybody else who works in the school who gets big money. Well, it's been going on longer than that. Uh, You know, Khrushchev said in the early 60s, we will march through your institutions and we will topple you without firing a shot. And that's what they've done. They've taken over our educational system and they've brainwashed our youth. And that's why you have all these 30-somethings out there who don't think socialism is really a bad thing. They think it's kind of fair, you know? So let's talk a little bit on a whole different, I like to do with guests, uh, like little short questions to get to know, so the audience gets to know you a little bit. Chris, what's your favorite hobby outside of politics? Coaching my daughter in rodeo. Nick? Well, I play a lot of golf and I paint a little bit. Very relaxing. Those are very relaxing uh, uh, hobbies there. And uh, I guess you have a little bit of common with the golf with the former president. Uh, Favorite food, Chris? Chris. Yeah, that's a hard one. I'm sorry. Uh, Chris doesn't eat anything but like spinach and, and, you know, drink vegetable broth. Okay, so there you go, Nick. My favorite food is vegetable broth. <laughs> and you, Nick? Uh, I would have to say like Jersey Mike's Subway sandwiches. That's probably my favorite food. Okay, who haven't you worked with that you would like to work with? Open the Google Home app to reconnect the oh. Wi-Fi. Hold on, my, my home. Okay, I'm going to. Insane. What did you say? Who haven't you worked with that you would like to work with? Wow. Um, who haven't I worked with that I would like to work with? Um, I can't think of anybody. <laughs> um, let me see. Maybe, um, well, a lot of the people that I'd like to work with are not here anymore. I would have liked to have worked with Stanley Kubrick. Um, let me think about that one. Chris? John Wayne and uh, John Ford. Mm-hmm. Oh, we see the Texas, the Western coming out. Uh, now, this is airing right after a very big uh, showing you had at Mar-a-Lago. Tell us your thoughts about President Trump and if you'd like him to run again. Who wants to take that first? Go ahead, Chris. Um, well, yeah, so I'm doing, you know, it's funny if the Biden administration didn't like, you know, our last movie, they're going to not like this next project. I'm doing a two year project with Tom Homan, um, which is Trump's ice director. And we're doing it on the border and showing what's how people are dying on the border because of Biden's policies. So the neatest thing for me, the first time I, I went to speak at Mar-a-Lago was the president buying his dinner and, uh, telling us where to sit and, um, do I think he's coming back? Yes, I do. Nick? Okay, I thought of an answer. Okay. John Malkovich. John Malkovich is somebody I would like to work with. That would be 
a very interesting film. And the acting in that one between the two of you would be so incredible that it's not for Netflix. People will actually go to the theaters for that. Malkovich will never do it because the first word rule in Hollywood, never put yourself on screen with a bigger star than you are. And he would tremble <laughs> in the presence of Nick Dursey. I'm a director. I know these things. One of my earliest theater experiences in New York when I was a struggling actor was I saw Gary Sinise and John Malkovich do True West on Broadway. So did I. That, oh, did and, you really? And now you can't go to Broadway because I refuse to go in and fear for my life. Right. No, it, they've ruined everything in New York. It's, it's really sad. It certainly has. But New York will be leading the country with our congressional wins and our voices is coming hopefully, out very strong. Hopefully a new governor. Yes, yes, we shall see. But uh, getting back to the film throughout this show, this hour, we're going to be showing clips. Please, once again, Nick, tell us about the documentary in your own words and what it means to you. And then, Chris, you're going to do it and we're going to share the outlet where you can find it out. Okay, you can find the movie at hisglory.tv, at hisglory.tv. That's the best place to get it. And I, I encourage everyone to, to, to see this movie that, that just on the basis that you're going to see things here that you will not see anywhere else. The media will not show you how big the crowd was that day. They like to sell this narrative that it was just a bunch of people doing violence at the Capitol when there were probably 2 million people there. There's an opening, there's a scene in the opening moments of the movie where you see the size of that crowd. And when we first saw that shot, we gasped ourselves because we were there that day. But when you're in the middle of a crowd that size, you don't have a perspective on how huge it is. And, and also when you see what is being done to people like Derek Kennison, people like Dr. Simone Gold, the FBI breaking down their doors, terrorizing them with SWAT teams, handcuffing their daughters and wives when you see this happening you are not going to see this anywhere but in our movie well i'm just going to say something i was at the inauguration and i remember every fake media outlet saying there was no crowd there and it was all chaos let me tell you something if that was no crowd i want to see what they think a crowd was or is and as far as seeing this I want every Democrat to see this. I want every progressive to see this because what goes around comes around. And I don't think we're just going to sit by and let the laptop from hell story or the missing 30,000 emails go. If we have elected officials who really want to fight to save America. So I'm encouraging those that think this is, you know, just a joke or not real or a fairy tale to sit down and watch a documentary. Chris, your last thoughts? Well, if you believe in the Constitution, if you don't think that four and seven-year-old children should be flashbanged um, and have their doors punched in by tactical SWAT units and have armored vehicles rolled up on their front yard, you should see this movie. If if you want to see the truth, see this movie. And I will tell you this, it's been very inspiring. And this is why this movie is so dangerous, false narrative. When progressives see this film, it's interesting. A lot of them don't cry when Ashley Babbitt dies after you get to know Ashley Babbitt, but they cry when her dog dies. 
and they cry hard and it, it shatters, it drops the scales from their eyes. And when they see how badly they've been lied to in this, then they start wondering, what else have I been being lied to? When it breaks down their core beliefs and, and strips the narrative, it's, it's pretty inspiring. And so that's why it's my hope that millions of Americans will see this film and will start thinking for themselves. Well, we're going to be sharing the link where people can find it. We welcome you back anytime you want. We love True Patriots here. And uh, Nick Searcy, Chris Murgott, thank you so much for joining us. The movie is Capital Punishment, and it's the truth about January 6th that you won't see anywhere else by two people that were there. Thank you for joining the Jewess Patriot. Hello, this is Dan Perkins, your host for Black and White, and I'm also an investment advisor with over 50 years of experience in investing. Inflation is at a near 50-year high and perhaps going higher. The capital markets for the first six months of 2022 was the worst performing in almost 50 years. Two generations and perhaps more have never experienced this level of inflation. You may have had some significant declines in your portfolio of investments in the first six months and are asking, what does the future hold? And by the way, what should I be doing now? I have grave concerns that we have not seen the peak in inflation. And because it may be around for some time, I want to introduce you to the Black and White Gold Ownership Program run by Ira and his team at Advisor Metals. So go to blacksandwhites.us and click on the gold bar to take you directly to Ira to work with him to see if gold is right for you and your portfolio in protecting your investments. This is Dan Perkins. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Patriots. You are listening to the Kel and Cole Morning Show on the Real Talk Radio Network. It's 93.3, the voice of freedom. Time check for you, 7.32 in St. Louis. It's a Tuesday morning, which means we are joined now by the Jewish Patriot. That is Cindy Gross. Cindy, good morning. Happy Tuesday to you. Happy Tuesday to you. And boy, what a week it's been. Yeah, it's been yeah, a crazy week. I don't in. know if we're really happy after all. I mean, it's been really a, a a crazy week to follow. I mean, there there's so many things I want to get into from from Carrie Lake, from your weekend with President Trump, and then his announcement I tonight. Knew you were but start with that one. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm going to give the floor to you because uh, what's going on? <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. Uh, I did. Uh, I was uh, at a gala Sunday night for the Zionist Organizations of America, which is the uh, largest, most prestigious Zionist organization around the world. And they honored President Donald Trump for his multiple accomplishments supporting Israel and the Jewish people and American Jewish issues during his tenure as the 45th president. He looked fantastic. He lost a lot of weight. Um, he sat there for two hours, very positive. Um, a lot of the stories I had heard before because I'd been with him since 2015. A lot of people came on later and were very excited. But overall, it was a very positive night of thank you and gratitude, something that we're not talking about much these days because everybody's looking to the future. But um, so it was just a beautiful night. And speaking of future, he has an announcement planned tonight. I don't know if you're going to go down to Mar-a-Lago. I know you were invited, but your thoughts on his announcement tonight, what that could possibly be? You know what? I don't really want to, I'm not a fortune teller, and I'm being asked, and I'm being called and commented about it. And 
I really think it's, it's his decision to decide to say what he wants to say. And then it's up to the American people to support it or not. No. Nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, yes, I'm hearing a couple of different things, and uh, it is really a shame that this, you know, this is coming the day after we had a very big disappointment in Arizona, and a lot of people now are, of course, talking about voter integrity if they really want to vote. And I actually had two articles that I just published on the Manhattan. And even though it's Manhattan, it's really an international uh, media outlet, and it really relates to everybody. And that's talking about your county leadership and your committee people that are locally. Mm -hmm. You need to start questioning and answering transparency and accountability for these county leaders, the people that decide your local, which is going to be a very big issue in 2023, your state and your national uh, candidates, money spent, and if they're really working on your behalf or they're making backdoor deals, and it's a very big issue. It doesn't start at the top, and we're going to talk about the Big Mac at the three top ones that people want to get rid of. But it's really workable on a smaller level in your area, in your community, to start at the bottom and work your way at the top because you will find that a lot of the voter questioning thoughts right in your own community. Well, and Cindy, you know what? That's a great point, and we've talked about that in here, and I'm glad you brought that up because I have said before, you have to get to know who it is you're voting in to the school board. Look at all of the issues we've had with our schools, and then parents finding out after the fact, after some of the stuff's been ushered in, and it's we've seen it's not so easy to get it out. You've got to know who you're voting in at a county level, your city commissioners or county commissioners, uh, your mayors, and f- quite frankly, we have been tuned out as Americans. We've been tuned out of what is happening. And then you have some of these, take it up to like the DA level, and you've got some of these Soros-backed DAs, and it, it, it's game over. You know, the crime is horrendous in St. Louis. We've talked about that before, not to beat a dead horse, but you've got Soros money in here. I look forward to being with you next week, and we could talk about it and compare notes. Because I have a feeling we all three have a little different take on it. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Cindy, and you take care, okay? Cindy, thank you. Nike is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. Welcome back. I am so excited to bring to you our next guest, Matt Buff. He is the host of one of the fastest growing shows for out of Florida, but it's getting a lot of national attention because, uh, first of all, you're going to hear through the interview, his exciting and positive personality. He really lights up a show and he really asked a lot of questions and shares a lot of information that a lot of our competition doesn't. So I want you to meet Matt and fall in love with him the same way I have. And I'm so glad we finally been talking about this for months. I'm so glad that you've been on the show. Welcome to the Jewess Patriot. 
Oh, thank you, Cindy, so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Love being here in such a time as this. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk a little bit first about you, your success with this show. I mean, everybody is talking about it. I speak to so many people in the industry and they say, do you know, Matt? So tell everybody who you are and why your show stands out. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you again for having me on, Cindy. This all started in uh, early 2020 when uh, we were walking around the neighborhood with my son raising money for Cooperstown for the big baseball tournament trip that we were going to go on. And a lot of donations came in. We were very happy. And then all of a sudden, the whole thing just gets shut down. The whole country gets shut down. Everything gets shut down. The whole baseball tournament gets canceled and we're watching this play out and it just got ridiculous. So I decided to do a podcast, joined up with some local um, radio guys and just said, you know, as a father, this is unacceptable. We're talking about something that probably won't even affect kids. I have all the video proof of this, by the way, Cindy. (laughs) We talked about how this will probably not impact kids, probably just the same people that everything with heart disease and everything else that And we just went off. I just went off. What turned out to be a once a week podcast turned into four days a week and then went to primetime radio on Salem, Orlando. And then uh, the website took off. We got a partnership on Roku TV with the Patriot Podcast Network, got a partnership with Getter. And now we're on um, in New York City on uh which is great. WGHT in New York City and New Jersey. We're on uh, Real Talk Atlanta. And these are noontime shows, drive time shows. So the show is really taken off because like you said at the very beginning, I think what happens is um, people are getting sick of uh, the Fox News, the Newsmaxes, the same old five stories regurgitated five same ways. And they're completely ignoring what's really going on behind the scenes. And people are looking for a better outlet. That's why we work with Joe Hoff from the Gateway Abundant. That's why we talk about all the things that are out there. And by the way, the Cooperstown trip never got rescheduled. He never got to play it. And that's a real shame because, you know, just think about Field of Dreams and all the ideas of baseball and how people like Jackie Robinson inspired people, regardless of color, regardless of age, that if you're determined, you could do it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I grew up loving baseball. We had season tickets. I was at the World Series front row. I knew many of the players. I don't even know what's going on now, and I don't care. It has become a business it's become an expensive proposition for families to go. And unless people are most of the time given tickets through business connections, they're not going. It's taken the joy out of the game. It's like they've already had their fourth strike and they're in the 10th inning and it's not going anywhere. Well, I'm a big fan of baseball because like my son still plays it, but we also watch the games and stuff like that. We want to see baseball come back. The best baseball story we've seen in the last uh, decade probably was when um, the major league baseball pulled out of Georgia for the all-star game. Yes. And then the Braves went to the world series. So they got three home games instead of the one all-star game. That was God laughing, but that was a good thing. Baseball itself, major league baseball, the leadership is going in the wrong direction. Um, The financial end of this thing is going in the wrong direction. I don't mind high pay payer salaries. They earn that money. If there's ticket sales, the players should get it. I get that. But uh, keep the politics out of sports. If there's nothing else, let's have one place where we go where we don't have to deal with the garbage of the world. 
Well, so let's teach people how to win and how to lose gracefully. You can't be a win and an almost win. There's a winner and a loser. Shake hands, move forward. There's another game tomorrow. We don't have that anymore. We don't teach kids to be strong and independent, that they could lose and it's okay. Now we give them all a trophy. Um, even if they Correct. lose, we give them all a uh, participation award. And that's uh, that's bad. There's winners, there's losers. Deal with it and move on. That doesn't include elections, though. Um, if an election's stolen from you, you should fight that. But there's no winners and losers in that. That's yes. a great segue. You are from Florida. <laughs> and I really want to talk to you about why is everybody, like, so... Uh, happy about Florida or they want to be in Florida or they want their government to emulate the Floridian government. What is the story about Florida, even more than Texas and any other place in the world? What's going on in Florida that makes it the place everybody either wants to live, is moving to, or wants their state to become like Florida? Well, it's not just the beaches anymore, Cindy. It's the way we manage our society. Um, When we opened up, we opened up big time. And uh, Governor DeSantis uh, really was a good governor for the parents of this state. And keeping the garbage, this is where woke goes to die, he says. And he's absolutely right. It's a state where not only do you live free, but we have a lot of great New Yorkers who moved down here. And uh, they're great. They're a great part of our society down here. Now we're running out of houses. Uh, We got to be careful because people are coming down here in droves. We're running out of houses. But not only is it a great place to live and work, but there's the theme parks, there's the attractions. And uh, there's so much happening to where you can make a good living down here. You can have a good life and know your kid's going to get a good education. And, you know, you say this, it's the other big discussion this week, of course, is how A state as big as Florida is able to have their votes counted, tabulated, and completed on election day, and smaller states are still counting. What is Nevada is ranked? Yeah, Nevada is ranked fiftieth out of fifty when it comes to election integrity. They have the they have a third of the population we have. Most of these states that are having these problems are a very small fraction of the population in Florida. But when you and 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 you got to back up and talk about this because I heard a lot of people in the GOP saying, "Okay, we got to play the game. We got to do early voting. We got to do mail-ins." Everybody wants to turn this into Gangs of New York, where you bust into somebody's house with a knife and say, "It's time to vote." I don't want to play that game. I think one state of the time, one state of at a time, can emulate the Florida model, and this is important. And this is the way to do it to restore elections. What we have is strict voter ID and strict laws against voter fraud, severe prison terms for anyone trying to commit voter fraud. We had a Democrat here in Florida blow the whistle on ballot harvesting, when, which is completely illegal here, and people went down for that. No mail-in ballots are sent to every vote, voter. It's a process to request one. No ballot drop boxes. No ballot harvesting, like I said. And no ballots after, uh, accepted for days after election day. And no counting for days until the desired result is achieved by the Democrat Party. When you submit an early vote here, it's actually tabulated. That's why by 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, you had all the Florida results in on election night because there's no room for that. 
stuff. No room for fraud. No room for uh, dropping drop and roll ballots coming in at the zero hour. None of that's happening here. And you saw what happened. Ron DeSantis flipped Miami-Dade by five points. First time in 25 years that's happened. Because of our voting laws, everybody has the right to vote here. We still have too many uh, absentee ballots, too many mail ballots. We still have too many early voting. We need to shrink that down some more. But when you put laws in place that still allows everyone to vote, you eliminate cheating, and you saw a massive red wave in Florida. Every state governor that we have that's a Republican, and, and Ohio did that. They emulated this, Cindy. Ohio emulated this process, and it worked for them, too. Correct. It's not a guaranteed way to make Republicans win. We lost some things to Democrats here, but it was on the level. It was fair. Well, you talk about all this uh, voter discussion and you talk about uh, what went on in Florida. We have to really discuss also how uh, Florida's, even their state level, their people there are really working together. We don't have this in a lot of other states. There's too much competition. It seems to be, it's very uniform. Even, you know, Rubio seemed together with uh, DeSantis on their team. And don't forget, they both took out seasoned Democrats, Charlie Chris and Val Demings. And both of them are probably at the end of their careers. I mean, two years ago, Val Demings, she was one of the most outspoken people with the voter fraud, with fighting and the impeachment. She lost big. And they took them out. And you know what else is really nice in Florida? You don't hear all the attacks with the minorities. It was a, uh, like, you know, like Stacey Abrams, Jim Crow. I didn't hear Jim Crow in Florida. I heard no, anything tr- but. Yeah, they tried to say it. They uh, Joy Reid put out a statement how awful Florida is when it comes to not letting prisoners vote and this and that. We actually did a prison reform bill where if you pay a fine, you can restore some of your rights, and that includes voting. There are consequences to your actions. goes back to the very first thing you said. If you do something wrong, if you lose, there's consequences for that. And that's what we're saying. We just cleaned it up here. And real voter suppression is canceling somebody's vote in Arizona or Nevada or Georgia with the late night drop that happened to Warnock for Warnock. That is canceling out somebody's honest vote on election day. That is real voter suppression. In Florida, you have the right to vote, and we make sure you have the right to vote. You're just going to do it legally. I can't thank you enough for joining us and talking about this because uh, everybody is looking at Florida. And already 2023 elections have started. There are local elections. But I'm telling everybody, and I know because I'm friends with some of the people, even if they lost in their primaries, they're united as a Republican Party. I am telling people, nothing is perfect, but get to know your local county Republican chairs, your committee people, all those grassroots groups, those Tea Party groups, if they're still around, or if they change the names, they're young Republicans, the women Republicans, the elder Republicans, you know, college Republicans. Get to know all of them and unite. We are now so competitive with each group that we are losing. We all have the same discussion and we all want the same uh, voters, volunteers, and donations. And I think that, you know, your show really emphasizes unity among people. 
Well, that's what we're trying to do. Um, Cindy, you and I don't agree on everything, but we come to a solution. Every week on the show, I debate a Democrat, a liberal. Every week I bring them on to show that you can have a civil conversation, but get to the point without giving up your values. Dinesh D'Souza is coming on tonight to talk about all the midterm stuff. Check out thebuffshow.com, all the past interviews on there, and uh, Cindy's on there too. So thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been my complete pleasure. I look forward to having you back, and we are, I'm going to share this now, we are going to go back and forth regularly on the shows because New York and Florida seems to have this uh, road, (laughs) I-95, keep going back and forth on it, and they don't have to. They could follow us on all the places we are on, and we are so happy to have Matt on the Jewess Patriot. And thank you, New York, for the four new Republicans. They sound like good guys. So we appreciate you. Actually, it. are getting eleven people from us. We've never had eleven representatives. I know nine of them very well, like really well. And I can Great. tell you, they are the best. Really nice people, and they want to reach out to independents and Democrats. They're not looking to fight parties. They are looking for issues to work together. That is what we're looking for. And uh, now that we got the house, we can make things happen in that way. But good job. And uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on and we'll see you soon. In the latest spy thriller from Pencraft first place award winning novelist Jeffrey S. Stevens comes his best character yet. CIA operative Nick Reagan in The Handler. The Handler is the new heart-pounding, dizzying global conspiracy novel that follows the adventure of two CIA operatives from New York to Pakistan, Paris, Las Vegas, and ultimately, America's heartland as they race to prevent a series of terrorist attacks. Here's what's been said about The Handler. Think Jason Bourne for The New Millennium. Ryan Steck, editor-in-chief, The Real Book Spot. Pulsing with reality, The Handler takes you to the precipice with thrills and terror at every hairpin turn. Best-selling author Chris Beakey. And a taut terrorism thriller that mesmerizes with a dizzying global conspiracy and believable stakes. BestThrillers.com Available now on Amazon.com and wherever you get your favorite books. Get your copy and put yourself right in the middle of the CIA's toughest mission yet. My award-winning novel, Jeffrey S. Stevens. Welcome back. I am so excited to tell you that we are going to have a couple of very special upcoming shows that are for everybody. You don't have to be Jewish with Cindy because of Thanksgiving and Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, whatever you celebrate, or even if you don't celebrate any of the holidays, but you get together with friends, we all know that it's a special time of the year when everybody is just a little bit nicer to each other. They look for gifts for each other. They look to gather together. So we are going to be a very big part of it. And we're going to ask you, our audience, to take part in this. We want you to send us some of your great ideas to celebrate the holidays and tell us how we all can share in them in a very positive, meaningful way so that when 2023 rings in, 
We're ringing it in with the hope of a better future because even those who think things are going well are all saying the buts and howevers. So reach out to us through our social media around Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, through any of the uh, media outlets that you reach us on. And of course, you can always write to me directly through my email address that is shared uh, on the social media outlets. I would love to hear from you. I want you to be a part of the show because there is no I in team. And when we say that, I'm going to close on a very serious note. My closing pearls of wisdom, because I am Zisel Peril, and I am a proud Zionist. I want to talk about something that I see going on every single day that nobody is talking about. And that is the anti-Semitism going on in Israel. We all know what is going on in America through our media, with our cultural stars. And I don't want to get into that because you're hearing that everywhere. But I want to talk to you about something going on every single day in Israel that no one is talking about. Not one Jew in the Biden administration, not one person in Congress who is Jewish and claims to be a proud Jew, not our reelected majority leader who took to the stage the minute he won the 50th Senate seat and talked about all the things he wants to do. And of course, I'm talking about Chuck Schumer. I want to talk to you about the innocent young children, young mothers and fathers that go shopping in their supermarkets, drive their kids to school, that take public transportation, and that are being brutally stabbed and attacked for no other reason than for being Jewish. And every single day on the Israeli media, we are learning more about these people and these victims. For example, today they just announced six more people were attacked in two different events. It's terrible. A 49-year-old father of six was the first one named as uh, one of the people attacked and killed. This is not the abnormal. This is the normal in Israel. Why don't we call this out? Where is the United Nations condemning Palestinians and terrorists? I am not saying call it Muslim because there are very pro-Israel Muslims and people in America that are Muslim that want to work with the Judeo-Christian leadership in America. But the radical Islamic terrorists that teach their six and seven-year-old children to carry guns and knives, to throw rocks at people, to make fun of them as they're bleeding on a floor or a street. Where is the outcry of indecency and punishment for people who do this? I don't get it. You know, the world loves Israel for its medical advances, for its technology. Just think, your own cell phones have in it 
materials that were invented in Israel. In Africa, irrigation is using technology invented and shared from Israelis. So many advances on your computers and your media come from Israel. No, I'm not saying we own the media. We are a part of it. That includes everyone. So now I'm asking all of you to include us and get in the discussion that it is not right for Israelis to go to a supermarket or go to a school or go to their place to pray and get murdered. Because Israelis are not doing that to non-Jews living in Israel. In fact, Arab women have more rights in Israel than in any Arab country in the world. They can drive. They could wear what they want. They could be educated. They could divorce. They could decide to have children or not. And of course, they're treated with respect. I am imploring each and every one of you to stand with me and start this discussion. It is important because today they attack the Jews in Israel. Tomorrow they're going to attack you on your streets in New York, in South Dakota, in Texas, in Oregon, in Georgia, in Texas and Florida. It doesn't matter where, in a city, on a farm. If they teach hate at a young age, at the most vulnerable age where knowledge is taught and remains in a brain, and that's between the ages of five and seven, then they're going to eventually teach to hate you. Help me get this word out. I'm going to be writing about it. Please share the articles. Please reach out to me if you know of anything going on that I am not sharing. And let's make this a common sense international discussion. I hope you enjoyed the show. I look forward to being with you next week because I am Cindy Gross, your Jewess patriot. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for watching. And again, please reach out to me on social media. We want to hear from you about positive holiday vibes and tips. Thanks for joining today's Cindy Gross show. America's premier Jewish woman activist. Be sure to download Cindy's next show as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish podcasts. See you next time on the Cindy Gross Show.